We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for Jack Ramsey is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, 20% off, free worldwide shipping with a code JACKED. 20 at manscaped.com again that's jacked 20 at manscaped.com and why go with manscaped well manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology i now feel confident shaving my boys so remember, get 20% off and free shipping with a code JACKED20, that's jacked two zero at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code JACKED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Jack Ramsey's. I am your host, Danny Morang. And, well, it's a spontaneous episode because the Trailblazers have made a late free agency trade. Uh, a three-team deal between the Trailblazers, Chicago Bulls, and Cleveland Cavaliers. Going out for the Trailblazers, a protected first-round pick, and Derek Jones Jr., uh, both went up in Chicago. Portland will get back Larry Nance Jr. Uh, we don't care about the other teams in this regard. Uh, we care about what comes back to Portland. Uh, we'll have a live show following this later on tonight. Uh, I just wanted to get a quick uh, wrap-up and address some of the bigger stuff, and then we'll take some Q&A uh, later tonight when we get back around. Um, but, hey, they made a move. They, they have a true eight-man rotation. We're not playing guessing games. So the first thing we do here, we grade trades, right? We grade the trade. This is good business. Everybody wants to say, well, you never give Neil credit. I've given Neil credit where he deserves credit, and then I've crushed him where he deserves to be crushed. I think I've been pretty fair in that regard. There's just been more to crush. Um, I have a pretty strong suspicion that the Blazers were chasing marketing, uh, and they couldn't make the money work. And here we are probably getting a player that fits better, but maybe not quite the development and top-end talent that you could get out of Markkanen if he popped. Uh, but Mark, or excuse me, uh, Nance Jr. is kind of a Robert Covington-type player. I've seen a few people already. Well, they, this doesn't mean they're going to put Covington on the bench or they're going to start Covington and Nance. Let's go ahead and get something out of the way. Damon and CJ are both starting. Or Powell's starting. 
Robert Covington is starting and Yusuf Nurkic is starting as your starting five. They did not just spend the last three months talking about how great this starting lineup is and then trade for a guy from Cleveland who um, has missed a ton of games, to be, to be fair, um, and who's a, a pretty solid player, but to just insert him. Now, if they had traded for Ben Simmons, you could talk about changing up the starting lineup. You need to get to a pretty high level to disrupt this starting lineup uh, with as much as, they, as if they've sold it. And they know that. So Larry Nance Jr. is your backup four. He can play some legitimate small ball five. He is a beefier, thicker, stronger, taller, more physical player than Robert Covington. You can legitimately play him as a small ball five. So that will be probably the first real change. Your front court rotation right now is Covington, Nance, Nurkic, Zeller. And I, I want to kind of get this out of the way real quick because I, I think this is fun. For a roster not being the problem, for a team that finished second to last in defense, it's very striking to me that the most likely culprits outside of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum for those rosters, or excuse me, for those defensive shortcomings, are gone and have been replaced with better defensive players. Hmm. Interesting. Out Mello, out Cantor, in Zeller, in Nance. Hmm. Interesting. But I digress. Uh, it's a good move for Portland. B, maybe even a B plus. I've seen a lot of people say, ah, it's a first-round pick. They gave up a first-round pick. I've also heard and seen a lot of the same people say, they have Blazers haven't done anything with those picks. They aren't that valuable. You can't have it both ways. I like Ant, and I like Nas. Those that should not come as any sort of striking surprise to anybody. Uh, I like young players, and I like watching them develop, and I like watching those growth curves and see where things go. That does not match up with the timeline of Damian Lillard. And a lottery-protected first-round pick, which means if things go sideways, i.e. the nuclear option, Dame's gone, they have protections in place. I think the protections went out as far as 2028, if I'm remembering right. There's so much that came out. But there's a couple other things to play here. The draft pick is now the th what now the third First round pick the Blazers have kicked out, the two in the Covington and now this one. And they've gotten two players that are all a lot alike. And while they're a little bit further down the rung of like the big bodied wings, they're big bodied wings. The the thing that the Blazers have missed the most. This does not address their point of attack issues. And like you said, I, or excuse me, like I said, <laughs> Covington is um a help defender. Nance Jr. is in that same vein. Uh, Covington's a better rim protector. Nance is better at generating steals. Uh, if you're looking for like that one tangible, no BS thing that shows up in the box score from Larry Nance Jr. is that he generates deflections and steals. And this might actually be an indicator for Portland getting out and running. If you watched the live show the other night, I talked about why Damon CJ haven't really run in the past. It's because that's not who they are. Nance Jr. is a guy that gets out and runs. Uh, if he's playing alongside Nasir Little and Anthony Simons, we'll talk about the rotations here in a minute, uh, you could see that potentially turning into a unit that's a little bit more active. Now, Cody Zeller's not getting out running the floor like Clint Capella or John Collins, uh, but he's um, not running like Ennis Cantor. So, growth, as we like to say. Um, overall, I I don't hate the trade. I, I think it's, like I said, decent business. I think it's a slight overpay. I think it's a slight overpay. I would have rather, again, gone with two seconds. But it is what it is. It's 
it's decent business. And if you're talking about this move in a vacuum, the move itself is fine. But as we know, these aren't evaluated in a vacuum. The, they, they can't because you're looking at not only this team right now and how it's formatted and how the salaries line up and when the years are up and the structure and the layout and the rotations and everything, but also the giant Damian Lillard cloud hanging over everything right now. You have to keep them both happy. And David McKay, formerly of Blazers Edge, um, gave me this fantastic nerdy quote to run with. And I'm going to go with it because my wife is a giant Harry Potter fan. This is from David earlier. To make the nerdiest analogy you'll hear, think about Portland's moves like Quidditch. Remember the game with the snitch? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's great that Olshay scores goals, e.g. Larry Nance Jr., but, but he needs to be haunting this hunt, hunting the snitch too i.e. appeasing Lillard, in order to actually win. Can't only work the margins. Play big. That's something that has to happen. And the Blazers have not played big. They have not gone big, big game hunting. This is, again, a good move in a vacuum. And if this was you know, the first time we'd seen something like this from Neil O'Shea, be like, oh, okay, this, you can see where he's going with this. That does it addresses issues further down the line. It does not address issues one, two, three, and four. It addresses issues five, six, seven. And I think that's a a bigger problem per se. But for today, in this moment, for addressing the bench, this is good. And so you're talking about rotation now. Um, I'm I'm not entirely sure how much I I'm I'm buying into this right now as much as I'm buying into CJ McCollum was was on the t- or was uh, uh, the number four pick was offered straight across for CJ McCollum. Uh, Jason Quick had the um, what he called the the rotation, uh, and it's Dame CJ Norm uh, Covington Nurk, which surprises nobody. Uh, Ant at the one loosely, he's just a guard. Um, and then beyond that, obviously Zeller and Nance at the four and five. But what I found interesting was that he had Tony Snell, Tony Snell at the backup three and not Nasir Little. And Macklemore slotted in at the shooting guard spot and then Ellaby and Brown making rounding out the rotation as far as shooting guard and power forward. But I find it a little surprising that number one, Simons is slotted in as the one and not the backup two, because that's really going to be McCollum. Um, and that Little is a behind Snell. And if you're taking this, there's, there's a good chance that Jason got this information from somebody who would know, i.e. Chauncey or Neil. But I find it a little bit weird that when uh, Neil was backing that bus over Terry, he mentioned not only was the roster not the issue, that Terry was uh, reticent to play young players, and now we see Tony Snell above one of those young players, a veteran minimum player being placed above a guy in year three who's shown to promise. Um, but I digress. Rotation-wise... It will be the five, the starting five that we've heard so, 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 so much about and how they're net rating. Da, da, da. That next three will be Ant, Nance, Zeller. You can call Ant the sixth man and say Zeller's the first big off the bench. Maybe. Based on salary, Nance might be the first big off the bench. I would say if they did go that way, it would allow them to be more flexible with their substitutions. It would allow them to keep consistent shooters on the floor. It would allow them to try some different things and maybe be a little bit more 
athletic and explosive in the front or in, in the in transition. The preseason and training camp is going to be interesting. One, to see where Little fits into all of this and to see where and how they utilize Nance. Uh, I saw another tweet from Dwight James that said, basically, I expect the Blazers to be more aggressive going forward after talking and hearing what they're talking about, which means he's hearing from from Neil. Um, listen, I'm all for being more aggressive when it makes sense. Um, and when it makes sense, you don't have Damon CJ on the floor. <laughs> Two undersized short-armed guards who have been poor defenders their entire careers. You don't get aggressive with those guys. Now, if you want to come above the level, if you want to trap with Larry Nance, if you want to trap with Robert Covington, if you want to play uh, at or above the level with Cody Zeller, who's got more foot speed than Yusuf Nurkic, okay, if, if that's what you're talking about, being more aggressive, yes. If you're talking about being more aggressive in the passing lanes with Larry Nance Jr. and Robert Covington, yes. I am for all of those things. Blitzing, trapping, using guys without size to try to make defensive plays, eh, I'm a hard pass on that. But Nance does give you a big-bodied wing that you can be a little bit more aggressive with. And I'm going to get through some of these questions here. I'll address some more on the live show. Uh, this is from Matthew at Reverend Robinus. Does this trade throw water on the idea of bringing in love after a buyout? Now what are the Blazers looking for at the 14th roster spot? They're going to bring in some vets. That's what they're going to do. They're going to bring in vet minimum dudes because there's a lot of vet minimum dudes out there that didn't get deals. Um, if you caught CJ's interview the other day, he talked about the middle class getting squeezed out and some guys who maybe have gotten deals in the past um, looking, looking for money still. So there's still some guys out there that need to be found. I wouldn't be surprised if they they looked at a 2-3 type or a 3-4 type, but I think they still need some creation. Um, maybe they'll look for somebody who's a Derek Jones Jr. light, maybe just a pure rim runner. Maybe they'll look for uh, a defensive, you know, a guard stopper. Um, I, I just think they needed somebody who's a, def, a point of attack stopper. I think that's where they need to kind of focus. Um, as far as Kevin Love, they could. I, I talked to folks in Cleveland, and they all expect Kevin Love to be bought out. It's a matter of when and for how much. Uh, the the Cavs just brought in another stretch white big <laughs> in, in Lowry Marketing. So um, I think they've, made, they've met their quota. Um, this from Keith Howe, getting rid of DJ hat equals had to happen. Is Nance really worth a first two? Nance is a fine player, but this barely moves the needle. I could be wrong, so tell me why. Bottom line is, unless PDX trades CG for a real three, their ceiling is a second-round playoff team. Here's the thing about the, the Nance deal collectively, right? It's it's good business. It's good business. And again, it's, it's about not being in a vacuum. I don't think it raises their ceiling, but I do believe it raises their floor. Because their floor, when you've got questions like, holy crap, is this guy playable? Like when you're talking about putting guys in positions out of position regularly. Norm at the three, Covington playing, you know, having him play the three or the five. Like when you've got so many guys who aren't being optimized, it's like, please, Dame, save us. And that's that's kind of the vibe that you get a lot uh, more frequently uh, when things don't match up. But Nance Jr. is a legitimate four. He is a four through and through. Cov is a four through and through. Damon CJ, one, one and a half. <laughs> that three still still elusive, um, but you've got guys that you don't worry about, per se, in that respect, and that raises the floor. So 
come playoff time, and this is where I think it's, it's uh, Nance Jr. is most impactful outside of like injury insurance, even though he's missed a ton of time. And that's that's something you, you do have to keep that in the back of your head, is that he's a guy you're not going to play off the floor. You're not – on either end, he's, he's not a great shooter, 35 36%. He's passable. But more importantly, he is a poor man short role playmaker, and that's what's going to happen be most important offensively for him is he does make good choices. If you look at the the on-off data from cleaning the glass, offensively he's hit or miss um, as far as like what he does. Defensively, good Lord God Almighty, um, he's been in the upper echelon in points per possession um, as far as on-off rating for years. Um, but he needs to have shots created for him, but he also needs... Um, some help uh, offensively because he doesn't profile all that well um, offensively as far as not just creating shots but finishing. Uh, his sh- his two-point percentage has gone down pretty drastically, but again, he's missed a ton of time. His usage rate has never eclipsed 16%. He is a low-usage offensive player. He is a defensive-minded player who can stay on the floor um, in pretty much all circumstances. That's That's what kind of keeps happening. That's the reality is that's what Portland could afford with Derek Jones Jr.'s expiring contract and a first round pick and a protected first round pick. But I think they did good in that regard. Um, is he worth a first two? Not all firsts are created the same. Obviously, it's not a top five, top ten. It's not even a lottery. It's lottery protected. If things go sideways, the Blazers do have some protection. They do have some years for it, too. Uh, I think Cleveland asked for some extension on that just to see if they could, you know, get some kind of first out of it down the road. Um, But it's basically like a really early second. It's kind of what it amounts to. So it's it's okay. It's it's probably a slight overpay, but it's not bad business. And when you're talking about appeasing Damian Lillard, a slight overpay is something you can afford. Uh, and speaking of a Ford, and I don't think I saw a question here about this. This this does put the Blazers into the tax. Nance Jr. makes a million dollars more than uh, Derek Jones Jr. And in that respect, they were five hundred and fifty-five thousand, I believe, before going over. So now they've got it roughly four hundred and fifty thousand dollars over. Uh, they will sign one more player, and their cap hit will be one point. The base for all intents and purposes. Oh God, I hate it when I do that. For all intensive intents and purposes, they will be at $2 million over the cap. So between now and the, and the trade deadline, how they maneuver that to avoid the repeater will be interesting to see. If they use what's left of the $5 million of the of the TPMLE, I will be genuinely surprised. I do not believe that is going to be the case. But we'll see. Uh, if you want me to call it crazy right now, I will say I fully expect the biggest move for them to make is the not trade CJ is the trade use of Nurkic at the trade deadline. Moving Nurk for a eight to ten million dollar a year center. Who that is, I don't know. But I would expect that is the way that if they're if they're worried about money, that is the way that they go. Um Saw one in here from uh, Josh Dollar. Would Nance replace Roko in the starting lineup? Already kind of hit on that one. Does that mean Roko is on the move for Draymond, or is Nance small ball five and second off the bench? There you go. Ding, 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 ding. He'll be your small ball five, and he'll be your second big. So uh, I see a lot of people were were kind of disappointed uh, in the first round, first round, first round. 
It's, it, I think we're getting caught up in that first-round pick because, again, not all first-round picks are created equal. Uh, what grade do you give Neal in his offseason as a whole? For me, it's a C+. He's done the minimum he had to do. Resign Norm, fill out the bench. Uh, I would have liked him, get, liked him to get creative and swing to the fences on something, but that was just a pipe dream. That's from AJ Allen PDX. Well, AJ, I would say I'm probably in agreement with you. C+. Plus. Everybody, oh, he re-signed Norm. Oh, you mean he re-signed the guy that he gave up Gary Trent Jr. for who had the RFA rights that you had the ability to match for and you wouldn't lose no matter what. So he did the bare minimum and re-signing Norman Powell? Okay. He got him for a little bit less, but got him for five years? Okay. Okay, that's decent. That's decent. Decent work. He got Ben McLemore on a vet minimum. Okay, was anybody else? Was Ben McLemore going to be in the league? Was anybody else going to sign him? Okay. Tony Snell, the Atlanta Hawks' 10th or 12th man who played... What, 90 minutes? I don't think it was 90. It might have been nine games in 60 minutes. Who was basically a non-factor for the Hawks in the playoffs. Who were missing guys for vet minimum. And he was going to be a legitimate rotation player. Okay. Zeller. Now, if you watched, I, I, I had Zeller as possibly a BAE, TPMLE type signing. For getting him slightly less than that money? Okay. I don't know if that's necessarily a Neil thing or if that's a league-wide trend of not using those tools. Uh, again, going to that article or that interview with CJ McCollum the other day, I'm wondering if the league and the players start taking a look at this thing because the the haves and the have-nots, there, there's a desert in between in those those um, the NBA middle class, as it were. Um, but he, he did what was needed to do to do the bare minimum to field a remotely competitive roster and get slightly better in some areas while sacrificing in others. I'm still wondering about the scoring, but here's the thing. Before this deal, there was shot volume that I was like, eh, I don't know. And not that Nance Jr. is like this high usage guy. He's not. But, and this is where the big butt comes in, is that Nance Jr.'s creation ability, that, and that's, let's go ahead and pull him up real quick. Let's go ahead and pull up Larry Nance Jr. just so I make sure I have the correct stats behind his advanced numbers. The thing about Larry Nance Jr. is his per 100 possessions, he's over the last couple of years been four, five, six assists per 100 possessions, which for his position, pretty darn good. Uh, if you look at his assist percentage over the last three years, 18%, 12%, almost 15%. That's really good for a power forward. So he's your poor man playmaker. And having that additional creation aspect alleviates the shot creation burden that fell on Carmelo Anthony and Ennis Cantor. That is a real thing. And was, oh, they'll Ant will take the shots, and Nas will take the shots, and, and Snell. No, Tony Snell is a catch and shoot shooter. He is the lowest usage rate guy in the league who got minutes last year, not named PJ Tucker. He, everything needs to be set up for him. Ant is going to create his own shots. Nas needs a little bit of help in that regard. Cody Zeller, not going to create his own shots. But Larry Nance Jr. on a short roll playing four on three, that takes that creation burden away. In that respect, offensively, that is where I like this move. Defensively, it speaks for itself. I've seen a few people say, oh, he's 6'7". I mean, he's 6'8", he's and he plays with real size. Nance plays bigger than he is, but he's also not small. Like, you don't look at Larry Nance Jr. and go, oh, he's small. If he's playing the five, yes, he's a small ball five. But as a four, no. And that's where I think it's going to help a lot of, across a lot of things. To be honest, 
Nance is probably the guy outside of Covington who I like at that spot more than anybody since LaMarcus left. Batum sliding out to that spot is a, no, doesn't factor in it, but, you know, LaMarcus, Batum, same time. Um, but, like, out, that's probably a better way to put it, since Batum was able to backfill that, that spot as that tweener four. And Nance is bigger. Uh, to be honest, that's probably closer to how I look at Nary. Now that I think about it, he's kind of a Batum-esque player. A little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, not quite as offensively gifted, particularly with the ball in his hands, but I think he's stronger and ability to play up. Um, I think you can kind of look at those guys pretty close to the same as, as far as their, their playmaking ability, too. So um, that's that's something I think I'm excited for, and this is this is nice. Like, everybody's talking about, oh, you're negative, you're negative. I'm, I'm genuinely excited. I'm genuinely excited. Let me tell you what else. I'm excited about Manscaped. <laughs> I can't even do it with a straight face. I'm excited about Manscaped.com supporting the podcast. Go ahead and use the code JACKED20, J-A-C-K-E-D-2-0, at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping uh, across all of your products. And let them know we sent you. Look at that. That's just uh, working it in. Just working that ad read in, man. Like, listen. Boom. There we go. Just, I'm pushing the wrong buttons and everything. Ah, oh, jeez. But, yeah. Um, I like this. And I... I I think we're so trained and, and locked in on uh, Neil Bad, which more often than not mm, has some. It, it rings pretty true, um, but in again in the vacuum and as by itself, this is a, this is a solid okay move. I, I'm not I'm not worried about it at all. I I think this is definitely going to be. Um, a situation where I'm like, okay, let's let's see what happens. I I'm genuinely excited to see how how they integrate Larry Nance uh, Jr. and and how effective and successful he can be uh, on this team. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll go ahead and run the live show tonight. Um, I've got some family stuff tonight, but uh, it's Friday night, so we'll hop on. Maybe we'll do a late show, um, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk back and forth, and uh, you know, rejoice in the Blazers finally making a move, not necessarily of consequence, but of of call, of, of sequence. There we go. But as always, guys, you can find me on social media at Danny Marang at D A N Y M A R A N G on Instagram at D Marang. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, please, if you're an Apple iTunes podcast listener, like, rate, and review. Leave a review. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, and until then, uh, we'll catch you guys later on tonight. And then Sprague will be back next week. Uh, he's getting back late. Late Sunday night, so I'll have the mailbag pot either by myself or the guest. And I am efforting some Cleveland folks um, to talk about Larry Nance, uh and kind of give you guys some more insight um, into how he plays and how he'll fit in. And uh, until then, we'll talk soon. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.